If you came in right after the announcements and you're new, I just want to encourage you to uh, fill out your welcome card in your family news bulletin and uh, for everyone to read their family news bulletin, all things that are going on. Uh, If you're new, fill that out, take it to the Welcome Center, which is right behind this wall, and we have a very special gift for you. Um, We're in a series called Wise Up, and I want to read you an article from an L.A. newspaper. All her life, Carolyn Sue Thompson was a kind of girl who blended in with the crowd. She was quiet with few friends, but for the most part, she kept to herself. But on Friday, the 14-year-old Skyline High School sophomore was in the spotlight as she was brought into juvenile court and charged with vehicular homicide and driving without a license or insurance. She was released on a personal recognizance bond co-signed by her parents. For the last week, Carolyn Sue Thompson's name has been splashed across the front page here nearly every day. Rumors about her, most of them untrue, shoot across this usually quiet town like an autumn dust storm. Even her classmates who didn't notice her walking the halls a week ago now share whispers and secrets about her. That's what happens, it seems, when a brief joyride in the family car ends in such a bloody death that even the most hardened police vets grow queasy at its mention. It happened September 16th on what started out as just another day. She was new to Skyline High School, having transferred from a parochial school. She was anxious about being accepted. As on every other day, her sister, a senior, drove her to school in the family car. Sometime before 10 a.m., Carolyn remembered that she left some of her books in the car parked in the school parking lot. She met her sister in the hallway, got the keys, and went to retrieve her books. Before she got to the car, however, she met Debbie Dow, one of her few friends at the new school. Debbie suggested they skip class and go to the nearby 7-Eleven store. It's like a UDF. Um, Carolyn wasn't used to cutting class, but popularity often means changing old ways. In the parking lot, the girls met four classmates who eagerly accompanied them to the 7-Eleven. They hopped into the car, turned up the radio, and the party began. After getting their refreshments, they headed back towards school. Two blocks away from school, someone suggested they take the long way back, a long pace road, a quiet gravel street surrounded by farms and a majestic mountain view. Meanwhile, Steve Politica, 37-year-old air traffic controller of the Federal Aviation Commission in Longmont, was enjoying his day off. He was expecting relatives to fly in from the east that afternoon. But before they did, he went to his bike. Uh, he went, he, he, he went to, for a bike ride just as he did every other day. Politica went into his garage of his new house, which he bought two months earlier, grabbed his bicycle, and started pedaling the back roads of town. He was wearing a pair of shorts, T-shirt, sneakers, and a wedding band. Shortly after 10 a.m., Carolyn Sue Thompson and Steve Politica met on Pace Road. The police say she was going about 90 miles an hour along the bumpy gravel road. He was pedaling leisurely. The force of the head-on crash was so severe, police say, that Politica's head was sent through the car windshield just inches away from the girls, and her, Carolyn and her friends. She was, he was carried along the hood of the car for almost a quarter of a mile when Carolyn lost complete control and rammed into a telephone pole. In an instant, Politica's right leg was severed at the hip. The six kids were hysterical. And for two solid religious Longmont families, the Thompsons and the Politicas, a nightmare had started. And it all began with a a bad decision. This morning, as we continue our series, Wise Up, I want to focus my attention on 
the, the preteens, the teens, junior high and high school. Now, obviously, this will apply to, to everyone. And I also want to encourage parents with younger students, younger kids, to, to take, take some good notes, mental notes, or even write them down, get the CD afterward, because this is a time where you have to start thinking these things through and helping your students think them through. But as I go through this, I also want to encourage the students that... Um, Please don't take this as me up here kind of pounding away, telling you what you should do. In the first service, I really talked about the idea that we're all believers in Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. You're a follower of Christ if you know him as Lord and Savior. These, these are principles that I'm going to share that, that you can use for your life. You don't need your parents to tell you to do these things. You yourself, as a follower of Christ, need to apply them to your life. So open up your heart, open up your mind, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. You know, it's often difficult to, to, to really to follow the wisdom uh, that God lays out for us. So often we follow the wisdom of this world instead of the wisdom of God. And the Bible tells us that the wisdom of the world is not really wisdom at all. It's basically foolishness. So following the wisdom of this world, not following the wisdom that comes from God, is just a foolish way to make life choices. And I believe that every person here, especially the junior high and high school students and the younger ones, can avoid making tragic mistakes by making, by making choices, biblical choices. You can avoid making, making tragic mistakes if you just open up your heart, you open up your mind, and you make good decisions based on biblical principles. There are decisions that you make every single day that could have a profound impact on your life. You, know, you think, what is the big deal about going, you know, sk- well, skipping class or whatever and going to UDF when your, your parents don't know about it? You know? And most of the time, obviously, things like this are not going to happen. But you make decisions every single day when people ask you to do certain things. They offer you certain things that could have a profound effect on your life. And you need to think these things through. So let's just kind of jump right, to, right into it. How, are you, how do you handle it when you're confronted with a specific choice? When, something, when, when someone offers you something, you're really just a difficult choice. How do you handle it? Well, here are five principles. I'm going to share with you five principles that will help you make the right decisions or the right choices and some reasons why I feel like you're not making the right choices sometimes. I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture, and I want you to listen to it and maybe write down the verse, and you can uh, you know, look it up yourself. If, if you don't have a Bible with you, maybe open up the book of Proverbs, and we can kind of skip through there. But if you, if you need one, if you don't have one, you come for the first time, after the service is over, the back table, there are Bibles there. You may have one if you don't have one. Uh, and you can always borrow them. We try to keep them back there as well. But they'll be up on the screen as well, so you don't have to worry about it. Proverbs 27:12 says this, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. The first principle I want to share with you is called the principle of prior choice. The principle of prior choice says you need to decide beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation. But a lot of times we don't because of what I call the Enoch syndrome. 
So the principle of prior choice says you need to decide beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation before it happens. But again, the reason I think sometimes you don't is because you have what I call the Enoch syndrome. And the Enoch syndrome basically is I will never die. It will never happen to me. You know, when I was 14 years old, I'm 49 now. When I was 14, 49 was just about ready for the grave. You know what I'm saying? It was a, you were you were old, man. You are really old. When you're 14, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, it's like I'm going to live forever. You don't even think about that. And a lot of the times you do things, you make decisions because you have this Enoch syndrome. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. So he never experienced death. And the Enoch syndrome is, you know what? I'm never going to experience death. I can do whatever I want. It's never going to happen to me. And let me give you uh, some statistics that may change your mind about that. And, and, you know, it's amazing how these statistics haven't changed, really. I looked them up years ago when I was a youth pastor and just looked them up again. They're pretty much the same. But, you know, the reason most students, most teenagers die from accidents. It's accidents. If you look at the stats, okay, 35% die from motor vehicle accidents. Suicide is 12%. Homicide is 16%. All others, everything else is 37%. So basically choices, a lot of it is choices, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, just, you know, decisions you make, whatever, all of these things are choices. So teenagers are dying by their own choices. It's just amazing. And so you think, well, it'll never happen to me. Yeah, it will. I don't think most of you have gotten through high school, if you're a senior, without someone in your class or maybe more than one person losing a classmate. And usually it's not from cancer. It's usually something, some decision they made that affected their lives. And so this whole idea, you know, it, you know never happened to me. I'm going to live forever. You need to rethink that. The principle of prior choice is, is something that we all need to kind of own because it's something that each one of us, if we don't do it, okay, whether you're an adult or a student here, if you don't do it, you're going to find yourself in situations where, it, it, where if you don't think through what decision should I make, you will make a wrong one usually. When you're put in that situation, it's very difficult. So let's walk through. Let's walk through some of, the, some of the things that you would face and kind of think through a principle of prior choice. So maybe I should think this through. The first one would be, and I'll, I'll try to use uh, nice language here, but how would you handle, if you're maybe, say, a girl, how do you handle an unwelcome advance on a date? How's that nice way of putting it? Okay? You're driving, you know, the guy's in the car, and all of a sudden he says, I, I've heard this from so many different women, you know, he buys you dinner, it's like, hey, I bought you dinner. So now he becomes Stretch Armstrong. You know, he can reach across, you know what I'm saying, his hands or whatever. And you're like, you know, you didn't, how are you going to handle that? How do, you, how do you handle that situation? My answer is mace. You mace him. You know what I'm saying? You get some mace. You mace. <laughs> yeah, that's, you can think it through. You know what I mean? You carry your mace around. You get a double whammy of mace. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, that's a, hey, what are you going to do in that situation? How are you going to handle it? What, are, how, what, are, what decision are you going to make? Because if you don't think it through, you're going to sit there and you don't know what you're going to do because you haven't thought about it. So how do you handle it? How do you handle it? The guy's, you know, he says, you know, I, I would dump. If you have any, like, leftovers, you know what I mean, doggy bag, dump it on his lap, mason, you know what I'm saying? That's one way. But maybe you can think of a better way. You need to think it through. How do I handle that situation? How are you going to respond to, to drugs at a party? Say, so, you know, you're at a party, somebody offers you drugs. I say, you mace them. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you can just, you know what I'm saying? Mace is good for everything. The drug guy, mace them. You know what I'm saying? You'll be known as the mace girl, the mace guy. You know, every time you turn around, don't, don't ask her to do it. I mean, she'll mace you, all right? 
<laughs> That's my answer. The pastor helps you out. Just carry two things of mace, the big ones, you know what I'm saying? And write mace on it so everybody knows what it is. They'll, that'll keep them. That'll get them. No, but how are you going to do that? You're at a party. You didn't expect it to happen. You went to this friend's house before. All of a sudden, some other people show up and bam, you're getting offered drugs. What are you going to say? A lot of times people don't want to feel stupid. They don't look like a nerd, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, maybe you take it, maybe you don't, whatever. I'm saying you need to think those things through. How would you handle it if a friend wants to cheat off you on a test? You know what I'm saying? Just pull out, you know. No, um, they want to, don't look over here. Uh, What are you going to say? It's it's awkward. It's uncomfortable, you know. It's really uncomfortable. What are you going to say to the person? You're a senior. You have a 4.0 or a 3 point whatever. You're going to whatever. You, you don't want what that, how that will affect your GPA if you get a zero on the test. You know, you're trying to think that through. But if you don't decide beforehand what you're going to do in that situation, you may just turn your paper. The teacher sees it. Who knows the effect it will have on your life. You need to think these things through. You're at a party. Your friend's a little, you know, a little queasy or whatever, a little staggering, you know, they're, they're drunk and they're going to get in the car and they're going to drive. Oh, it's just down the street. I've done this so many times before. I could do it blindfolded, whatever. And what are you going to say? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? The principle of prior choice says you need to think beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation because a good decision gives careful attention to the consequences. What could the con- go through it in your mind? If I do this, what are the consequences? If I allow this person to get into the car, what would the consequences be? You guys have so many more that you can list out for me. All the decisions you have to make every single day. But you go into these decisions kind of just moseying on in and let them happen to you. You have to think through. What am I going to be facing? Maybe your parents can help out by just throwing out some thoughts to them. You know, how would you handle this? Or how would you handle this? Or how not, not attacking and not being, just saying, you know, let's talk through some of these decisions that you might face. What would you say? How would you handle it? What would you do in that situation? There's a TV show that I, that I, that I really love. It's called, um, it's called What Would You Do? You ever see that one? Have you seen that one? It's John Quinones or something. Is that his name? Quinones? But he, he handles a situation where he does it. He says, you know, he puts people in a situation. They don't know they're in it. And then he says, what would you do? You know, how would you handle it? And it's amazing how many people, when they're put on the spot, adults make horrible decisions. You know, this one, one time this, this lady was like staggering around and she had a baby and she was going to drive with a baby. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they handled it correctly. But some people were just like, you know, what are you going to do given this situation? The second principle is a principle of conviction. A conviction is a strong belief. Instead of basing our choices on our convictions, we base them on our opinions. See, this is, therein lies part of the problem. We need, as believers in Christ, we need to have convictions. What does the Word of God say? Don't base your decisions on your, on your opinion or the opinion of someone else. It needs to be based on your convictions, and why is it that we don't do that? Why is it that we have trouble doing that, especially as teenagers? Well, it's something I call adolescent egocentrism, okay? And that means, uh, what can you tell me? I know it all. You know, I think when you hit 13, you almost become like Jesus, and you, you're like, you're, you, you've got it all down, you know what I'm saying? You know everything. You've got it all worked out. But that, obviously, you know that's not true. But that's the way you go in and walking through life sometimes. Like, you know, no one can tell me. I've kind of, I've under, I know it all. And if I don't know it, my friends know it. We've got everything covered all the way through. In Proverbs chapter 
chapter 13, verse 20, it says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise. So if you're, and basically, how do people become truly biblically wise from a, from a biblical standpoint? They're reading the word of God. You need to be around people who basically are investing you and giving you the right wisdom, the right knowledge, the right understanding. But if you're hanging around with fools and taking the advice of fools, you're going to suffer harm. And honestly, in all love, I say this, if you're just taking your, your friend's opinions and your own opinion to make your decision, that's foolish. That's just foolish. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a, but a companion of fools suffers harm. We need to base our decisions on, on conviction, not convenience. Conviction, not convenience. We need to base it on, you know, it's not, not personal preferences, but convictions. Not on what we think or feel, but on God's word. And, and see, therein lies part of the problem. Conviction comes from knowledge. Knowledge comes from reading the Bible. Guys, we are not spending enough time in what should be the source of our decision making. And again, I'm going to say this again. I'm not up here trying to pound you. You should read and, and, you know, yell and carry on. I'm really trying to be reserved more here this morning so I can talk to you in in a kind of a face to face way. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. All right. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, what should be the source of your decision making? Any follower of Christ is going to say the word of God. So my question to you as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ to another follower of Jesus Christ, why is it that you're not reading the word of God? Why is you're not putting the time in, spending the time investing in reading the word because that should be the source of all your decision making? So again, these are questions you need to ask, ask yourself and answer for yourself. Not have your parents push you, not have the pastor push you, but step back and say, yeah, I am a follower of Christ. I made that commitment to Christ. Why is it that that's not the source of my decision making? And if you say, well, I'm a teenager, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Chapter and verse where it says you get to kind of check out when you hit 13 years old from a biblical standpoint. You're a follower of Christ. And see, I know something that a lot of other people don't know. Anyone who works with teenagers for a period of time knows this. Okay? 15 years I've worked with, I work with high school students and junior high students. I know what you're capable of spiritually. So I'm not going to stand up here and somehow give you a pass because you're 13 to 19 years old that somehow when you get older, then you're really not a chance. I've seen junior high and high school students do amazing things. So I know what you're capable of. So what I'm doing this morning is just talking to another follower of Christ and saying, hey, these are principles that we all need to follow. I'm just giving you information as a follower of Christ you need to receive and apply to your life. Don't get defensive. Don't get worked up as we go through this. Just ask yourself the questions. Am I applying these principles? The principle of prior choice. You know, am am I applying these things to my life? The Bible has either the precept, listen, the precept or the principle for every decision you will ever make in life it either has that thou shalt not, lays it right out, or it has the principle for every decision you'll ever make in your life. Proverbs is filled with principles. It's got precepts too, but filled with principles. You know, the Bible never says don't smoke crack cocaine, okay? It doesn't say that. So therefore, hey, it doesn't say in the Bible, I can go out and do it, right? No, of course not. There are principles within Scripture that tell you not to do that. 
So there are either precepts, thou shalt not, or principles that tell you and me as followers of Christ what we should and should not do. It's the source of all of our decision making. And if, we, if we're reading it and we're studying it, we're applying it to our lives, we're going to avoid some of the things that your friends are falling into all of the time. If you choose to base your decisions on the wisdom of this world, my friends, you are in for a lot of trouble. If you choose to base your decisions on the wisdom of this world and on your own opinion, you are inviting disaster. I don't know how else to put it. You will not make it through this life without having some tragic thing happen to you. You cannot make it from birth to death going through and and making your decisions on your own opinion or on the wisdom of this world and think that somehow you're going to skate through. You're not going to. You will face difficulty. You are inviting literal disaster into your life, into your relationships, the choices you make, you're inviting it. You need to make sure you base your decisions on the word of God, on biblical principles. The third principle is the principle of fellowship. Where are you spending your time and who are you spending your time with? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. And then it continues in verses 15 and 16. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. Do not, do, uh, for their feet rush into sin and they are swift to shed blood. The principle here is what and who are you allowing to invade your mind and heart? What and who are you allowing to invade your mind and your heart? On the way out, I was talking to a mom and her daughter, and they were they were kind of having a little discussion about you know how how do you how do you block whatever it was that, that they were watching, and they were brought up I don't know what cartoon there you know certain cartoons that are out there kind of rude, and they were kind of debating um, why. And, and one the younger younger person said to her mom, um, "You're just old. That's why you don't think it's funny." I mean, I want to I want to take a, just stop here for a second. Okay, here's the Bible. Um, what you need to do as a student is to critically evaluate everything that you watch, everything that you listen to, all of it. You, not your parents, you need to critically evaluate, based on God's word, what you're watching. Okay? If South Park, I guess I'm just picking one out of, this, out of the sky. Um, if, 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 you can, if you can open up the Word of God and you can read the words of Christ and you can read the Bible and you can say that that's a fantastic show to watch. Not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what your parents say right now. Forget them, okay, just for a second. I, I love you, but now I'm in trouble with parents. But just from, it's your faith, okay? I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm not even trying to be like the pastor right now. Pound. I don't, I'll pick, you pick any one of the shows. Ah, oh, The Simpsons, I don't, I don't watch that either. I don't know. So I'll pick that one too. We'll pick a couple different ones. If you, can, if you, as a follower of Jesus, okay, can open up the Word of God and read the Word of God and then watch that, critically evaluate what you're watching and listening to and say, hey, it's fine. If Jesus was sitting right here with me, he'd think it was the funniest thing in the world. If you can, th- if you can say that, then that's all I'm saying. Critically evaluate what Because I don't want this to be a battle between you and your parents. I don't want to come in this morning and, and, and throw things out where the teenagers and the parents can be at each other. See, you hear what Pastor Jeff said? No, 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 no. This is between you and Christ. You need to critically evaluate everything you watch, everything you listen to. 
Why? Because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Not because I'm telling you to do it, but because the word of God speaks to your heart. And you have to ask the question, what is the word of God telling me? And you need to decide for yourself what you're going to watch and what you're going to listen to. That the principle of fellowship is just saying, you know, be careful that you're walking with the right folks. Be careful that you're listening to the right things. What you watch again, what you listen to, who you're hanging around with. Why? Because, because all those things affect attitude. And attitude will be reflected in action. That's what I'm saying. You know I'm right, okay? What you take in will affect your attitude. And your attitude will be reflected in your actions. I wish that weren't always the case, but it is. It's true. And there's no way to avoid it. So you have to decide for yourself. You need to critically evaluate for yourself. Now, do it now. Because you're going to be under, out from underneath your parents at some point in their house making decisions on your own. So I'm not as concerned about what's happening right now. I'm concerned about you and your relationship with Christ and how you're making decisions. What you're allowing, listen, to invade, and I'm going to use the word invade, your heart and your mind because it will affect your life. Think about it for a second. Think about the images that you're allowing to invade your heart and your mind every week. Just think about it. You know what it is. Think about what, what it is for, as a believer in Christ. You know, every few years there's a congressional hearing or there's a lawsuit against someone like uh, a rapper or uh, video games or TV, something on TV, some show or a movie, whatever. And there's some, they, they, something happens. Someone goes out and shoots a cop or whatever, a police officer, and they, you know, and they say it was because he was watching this or that. And, and I know everybody's responsible for their, for their actions. I understand that. I'm not really going there. But here's the funny thing I find when they do that, when they have the congressional hearings. The people from the TV networks get on there, and here's what they say. Our program has no effect on human behavior. People get it from there. It's not, it has no effect on, on human behavior. I always find that totally amazing since they charge people a million dollars for a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. Can you imagine them telling their advertisers that their, that their commercial will have no effect on the consumer buying their beer or their cars or their soap or, or, or their you know, Pepsi or Coke, whatever? Can you imagine them saying that to the, to, the, to the advertisers? Of course not, because of course it has an effect on human behavior. Not even, I'm not even blaming it. All I'm saying is that that's a reality. So if that's a reality, we have to be careful what we, you as a follower of Christ, me as a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to be careful what we're allowing to go into our hearts and into our minds. We are vessels of what we take in. We respond. We are vessels. We take it in and then we live it out. Let's play this out for a moment, okay? Again, I'm, I'm just laying out scenarios. Don't get all... Your boyfriend, okay, and I, you know what's funny? Because it used to be, you know, just I'd say, oh, the guys, the guys, the guys. But I've seen the girls with Christian guys, too. The, the, the girls are as aggressive as the guys used to be. And, and so I'll, I'll, we'll flip around, but we'll just use the guys for a second. So your, your, your boyfriend goes on all kinds of different Internet sites. I think Chris described some of them last week, as I was told. So you get, he's getting on the Internet sites, and, uh, and then he's listening. He puts on VH1. He's watching Lady Gaga, who's my favorite. I used to, I used to pray for Madonna all the time. I still do, um, but now I pray for Lady Gaga too. Um, but he's watching Lady Gaga. He's, he's listening to his favorite rap, and I'm not picking on rap music. It's not all bad. It's a lot of good rap music. But he's listening to his favorite rap guy or whatever, and his favorite song is talking about women, all these kinds of things. And then he goes out on a date with you. 
please, given the right situation, how do you think the guy's going to react? And you sit there and go, oh, that's re- see, you're getting ridiculous. Am I really? Come on. Stop with the, the, the front. Am I, is it really ridiculous to think that if a guy's watching all kinds of porn and he's basically watching Lady Gaga every five minutes and then he gets on there and listens to his favorite rap music and he's listening to his lyrics over and over and over again and then along you come, okay, beautiful you come along, given the right situation, the guy's going to react according to what he has put into himself. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Well, that's company. That's pe- No, the principle. What's the principle? The principle is what you're listening to, what you're seeing, who you're hanging around with, all of that bad company, whatever company you're keeping, whether it's a person or, or, or a show or a movie or music or whatever else. And again, I'm not going to pick on anybody's music, whatever, in specifics. All I'm saying is you need to critically evaluate. Guys, and girls, but I'll say, guys, you need, you need, you need to protect yourself. You need to protect yourself. Guys, you, you, you need to guard your heart, is what I'm saying. Guard your heart. You guard your heart. Your parents can't guard your heart. I can't guard your heart. You need to guard your heart. This is between you and the Lord this morning. Guard your heart. I don't, I seriously, I want so badly for you not to get like feeling guilty and make decisions based on your guilt because that'll last all about two weeks. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. Guard your heart. You know exactly what that means. Don't argue with your parents after this is all over and what kind of music you listen to. Don't argue with them. Sit down and listen to the music. Pick up this. Stand there in wherever you are. Sit down with your Bible, okay? You, if you haven't read it in a while, you don't know what it says, you, you need to read through it. Go through, okay? Go through as much as you can read. Then grab your music, put your music on, and see how it matches up. That's all I'm saying. It's your decision between you and the Lord. Critically evaluate everything you watch, everything you listen to, the people you're hanging around with. Evaluate it. There's a, there's a, um, there's a song that kids used to sing in first service. No one ever heard of it. But it was, be careful with your eyes what you see. Anybody, anybody ever hear that? Wow, see, you're more spiritual than they were. Um, <laughs> all the sinners in first service, they just come here. You know, they're all like groggy. And it's like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> but be careful with your eyes what you see. You know, when, when, uh, when Kim and Jen were growing up, now they're adults and having their own kids. And with Josh, seven years old, my son. Uh, and I know with the son, it's going to be a little bit, maybe a little bit harder. But we tell him all the time, turn your eyes, Josh. Yes, we can watch this together, but there are certain parts I don't want you to see. And so we're going to fast forward. Turn your eyes, turn your eyes, turn your eyes, turn your eyes. And there are things now like maybe a little show we're watching and, and I forget. I walk out of the room and he'll walk out of the room and he'll stand there. I say, well, aren't you watching your, your whatever it is? And he'll say, yeah, but that part came on and so I left. Be careful with your eyes what you see. Protect yourself and parents, when they're younger, younger, protect them by starting to talk that through and helping them through that. Number four is the principle of geography, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, I'll tell you, I was, I was in court recently uh, with, with, in some situation, not me personally, but I was in court uh, in a situation, and, uh, and I was listening to the judge. There were a couple cases that came up before the case that I was there for. And, uh, and the judge was, was three, two or three people, and at two out of the three people who got up there, here's what he said. He said, now understand something. 
I'm releasing you, blah, 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 blah. But here's, here's part of the, the response. You cannot hang around with, and he, they basically didn't say hang around with, but he used judge jargon. He said, you are not allowed to interact with or whatever else or hang out with um, Sam Smith and Pete this and this guy. He listed about 10 people this person could no longer associate with. And he said, you are no longer to be allowed with anywhere they're serving alcohol. He was following the principle of prior choice. The guy made some really bad decisions, and the judge was saying, hey, you know what? You can't handle being in a bar. You're no longer allowed to be in a bar. Last time you were in a bar, you punched this guy in the face, and uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't want you to hang around these motorcycles, and it was basically a motorcycle gang, whatever. I don't want you to hang around any of these people any longer. I don't want you to, and I love motorcycle guys. Don't, if you're driving a motorcycle, yay, awesome, okay? Um, no problem there. I'm just saying that was the situation. And he said, you can't, I don't want you in bars. I don't want you where they're serving alcohol. And I don't want you to hang around with any name the names of the people to hang around with. Why? Because the guy was putting himself in the wrong place at the wrong time and making the wrong decisions. And the judge said, you know what? You are not capable right now of making good decisions when you're in this situation. So you're not allowed to be in the situation. Proverbs chapter 7, 7 through 9. Listen to this. Listen to the words. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight. As the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. You can apply that to not just the sexual situation. You can apply it to all kinds of situations. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. You say she was going down the street near his house or walking along in the direction at twilight. As the day was fading, as dark as the dark of night set in. Listen, don't put yourself in tempting situations and stay out of as best you can tempting situations. Hey, guys, seriously, do you want to avoid, you know, I, I remember as a youth pastor, students would miss youth group for maybe three or four weeks, and, I, and they were solid students. I, I would think to myself, after about six years of this, I realized, you know what, they're struggling. They're struggling. Every single time we talk, well, I, get, I work till 11 o'clock, I get home, I push, my parents got cable, and bang, bang, zoom, zoom. I'm, you know, every night I'm going and watching certain things on cable I shouldn't be watching. You want to avoid that? Seriously, guys, you want to avoid it? Then do, do what you need to do beforehand, okay? Give your, parent the, give your, give your wife the, the, the remote, and only she has the ability to unlock it. You know, have your computer, wherever you visit, sent to your, your closest friends or whatever, accountability partner, all those things. Set those things up. Avoid the temptation. Avoid it. I, the best way to not get into trouble is to get yourself in a situation where you can't, Right? Try to avoid it as best you can. And if you get in a situation, the Bible says, run for your life is the best way to put it. First Timothy 6.11 says, but you, O man of God, flee, flee, run from all this. And what? Again, pursue and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. First Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. All their sin, uh, sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Now, I'm going to come, I'm going to say, as I said it before, God's no cosmic killjoy. God invented sex. He's got no problem with it. But the reality is, all I'm saying to you this morning is it in, within context, it's awesome. Out of context, my friends, it has caused some of the worst damage you can possibly imagine in people's lives. You know that. You're not, I'm not talking to people who don't understand what I'm saying. 
So don't sit here and go, oh, see, he's just being, no, you're a believer, I'm a believer. I'm just, I'm laying out what the word of God is saying. In context, fantastic, out of context. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, not so good, out of context. Go through the consequences in your mind. If I do this, what could happen? If I, if I do this, I get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Go work the consequence thing for, your, for yourself, for yourself. God's not a cosmic killjoy. He just knows, because he knows everything, that if you make this choice with this person, here are, the, here are the consequences for you. And he loves you so much. It's like your son running out in the road with traffic and you going, ah, he'll be fine. It'll all work out. They won't see him. I mean, they'll, they, they'll, they, they'll see him. They won't, they won't hit him. No, you scream. That's what God is doing. God is saying, no, listen, if you do this, the consequences are more than I can bear for you. So don't do it. I love you. And so you react to your father yourself and you make that decision. So, okay, now let's jump in real fast. So so your parents are gone and you're going to have your boyfriend over to study. And honestly, before God, you sincerely want to have him over to study. You know, and you know, your parents, you don't say anything to them because, you know, you know, they, maybe they wouldn't want him to come over, but you're not going to do anything. You know, bad idea. You're not, you're not a, any kind of whatever girl. I'm not making any insinuation with that whatsoever. All I'm saying is if, you, if it's your boyfriend, that means you like him. He likes you. Not a bad thing. You want to be with each other, okay? If you put yourself in that situation, I'm, I don't have to be a rocket scientist, neither do you. What might happen in that situation? Protect yourself. That's all I'm saying. You, you don't need someone. You don't need your mom or your dad or your pastor. You as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm giving you principles. Principle of geography is that don't put yourself in a, situ- in a situation. Adults, singles, don't play house, okay? I'm an adult. I'll do what I want. Yeah, you can. Uh, again, I'm, your, I'm just your pastor. I'm not God. All I'm saying to you is if you play house with someone who's 30-something years old or 20-something years old or 40-something years old, Come on. Don't play house with people. Put yourself in a situation where you're not going to find yourself in a situation where it's going to be difficult for you. Having a computer in your a laptop in your room, parents, hold your ears. I don't want you, you know, using this and saying, Pastor Jeff said, I'm saying to the students, having a laptop in your room may not be, and I'm using really nice language here, may not be the best idea for you may not be the best idea. Matter of fact, it's not a good idea. You're out with friends and you feel a situation could get really bad. You've been to their house before to a party, nothing ever happened. You go to their house innocently. That's why I'm not attacking because a lot of this stuff is just innocent. You don't mean, you're not trying, you're not going up in your room going, I'm going to look at the worst sight possible. Right? (laughs) I know that. I know that. But temptation, man, it's just, come on, we're all people here. So you're in a situation now, and, and, and you want to get out of it. What do you, how, how do you do it? I'm going to bring in your principle of geography. You find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Not your fault. It was fine before. Now it's not. All right? It's, the, the brother gets home. He's from college. He brings in all kinds of stuff, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect this to happen. What if the police come get me out of here? Bring in the principle of prior choice on top of the principle of geography. What you need to do is work out something with your parents, like a text. When you text SOS, your parents text you back, come home right away, family emergency, you need right now kind of thing. And you're like, oh, man, you know, the family emergency, you got to get the heck out of Dodge. You know what I'm saying? You are a family. And you, so you're not lying. 
SOS means get me out of here. It's an emergency. Your parents goes back. Do you have to come home right now? Family emergency, right? Blame them. Oh, I can't believe my daddy's such a killjoy. <laughs> you know, well, you know, you're out of there. You're like fantastic, right? That's what you need to do in a situation. Principle of prior choice on top of the principle of geography. Use these principles and think it through. If I find myself in a situation where I'm uncomfortable, blame my parents. You guys are fast. You could text SOS behind your back and no one even know it. <laughs> You'd be texting your parents. Get me out of here. This is horrible. I just made some guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, and I'm telling you, you can't, and if you, people do that, just, you may some one eye, you know what I'm saying? Now that you can still see the other eye. It's no big deal, you know. No, SOS behind your back. And, you know, that gets you out of the situation. Principle of geography, principle of prior choice. Okay, the principle of compromise. Last one, number five. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My dear son or daughter, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Principles, okay? Keep this in, keep my teaching. Keep my teaching in your heart. It will prolong your life and bring you prosperity. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 to 27. Listen, listen to this. Open your, open your heart, open your eyes, open your ears. Listen, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Compromise. Compromising. Make your paths level for your feet and take only the ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right. Compromise. Or to the left. Compromise. Keep your foot from evil. Once you give in to pressure, a cycle of defeat is set up. Problems, sin, trouble, all start out small, don't they? Again, I am, I'm looking at you and saying, you know what? You're not perfect, but you're also not looking for trouble all the time. But what happens is trouble, sin, all these things start very small. And then they, that's the way it's set up by the evil one. To start small, to suck you in, and then before you realize it, you're, you're in a place you didn't want to be. You're in a situation you don't want to be in. You made a decision you didn't want to make. Paul said it. Why do I keep doing what I don't want to do, and what I, don't, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't want to do, I do? This is Paul. Understand, it's Paul. So we're, we're, we're no better than Paul. You don't want to be in a situation, but the reality is sin starts small and it just creeps in on you. People usually don't start out like I've talked about this before, robbing banks, right? You don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a bank robber. I'm going to start stealing all kinds of... No, you start off by taking a pack of gum and no one catches you and you get away with it. No alarms go off and you're chewing gum. No one caught you and you're chewing gum. And so you figure if I got away with chewing gum, I'm going to take some clothes. I'm going to go in the dressing room and put some clothes underneath my clothes and snip those things off, whatever else. And you got away with it. And you got away with it. And you got away with it. Compromise, compromise, compromise. What's the big deal? Compromise. And all of a sudden, you're doing things you never thought you'd be doing. You become a person you never thought you'd be. Why? Because of compromise. Their world, the people compromise, their world becomes gray. It becomes gray and then it gets even darker. We need, you need, as followers of Jesus Christ, again, I'm talking to brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? Not pastor pounding. I'm saying we, we need to eliminate the gray from our lives. Is that show you're watching gray? Is it gray? Well, you know, it's not so. Is it gray? That's all I'm asking. 
Because if it's gray, maybe you, that, you, that one leads to this one, leads to that one, leads to this one. All of a sudden it gets darker and darker, and you didn't know how you even got there. Frog in the kettle. You all heard that one before. The reason you struggle in your Christian life is because you live in a world of gray. And your world of gray is getting darker and darker and you can't make the right decisions. We lack true conviction and we begin to compromise on our principles. We live a life of walking the fence of one foot in the church and one foot in the world. A life of what's the big deal? Don't get carried away, pastor. So you're getting ridiculous. I can go to other places. They don't talk about this at all. It's like all happy and happy. You know what I mean? As long as we all love Jesus, it's all going to work out for us. So why are you pounding away at this kind of stuff? You know, you're, you're this whole gray area. Life is gray. It's just the way it is. You know, I found it amazing, and I'm going to say this in total, I'm saying this in love, so I hope I don't offend. But I'm, I found it absolutely amazing that this generation can live such a dual life. It, it, a dual life. And, and feel, feel it that it's pretty much okay. And, and don't, don't you defriend me, okay, from Facebook, Okay. <laughs> Because I, I am not telling, I'm, I'm a pastor, whoever I see or hear, I just kind of keep, maybe I'll talk to you about it someday. But, but I find it amazing that one day a person could put a scripture verse on there that's unbelievable. Beautiful verse with all, for all their friends to see. And the next day their, 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 their post is, what the? And it's like, wait, wait a second. Yesterday was this awesome verse about God's love and, you know, how you, and the next day it's what the, whatever word you want to use. And, and honestly, here's the concern I have. The concern I have, the concern I have, is that you really don't see a problem with it. Years, you know, years, everybody compromises. I mean, in their Christian life, sometimes, but a lot of times they basically, in the past, they kind of knew it was a compromise. They knew they were wrong, and they, they, you know, dealt with it. But now it's pretty much anything goes. I mean, you know, one moment it's I love Jesus and Jesus is my Lord, and the next moment it's what the and then you go to certain churches or you go to, I don't know, I never pick on another church. So I won't mention anybody. I'm just saying church, other churches and maybe um, Christian groups that you go to, you, like youth kind of activities. And they'll tell you, ah, you know, don't worry about this. Because they're the, they're the cool people. They're the cool group of Christians. I'm, an, I'm the biggest nerd to walk the planet, Pastor Jeff, because he's saying all this stuff. You know, they watch all the whatevers because it, what matters is just loving Jesus. You know what I mean? You say you love him. That's all that matters, right? Do whatever you want to do. Live the life just so you can live. You can do anything your friends can do because you love Jesus. That's all that really matters. And I'm completely wrong. Their, their perspective is completely right and, and mine is wrong. But let me, let, me, let me read you something as we close and you see which makes more sense biblically, okay? 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through chapter 2, verse 6. This is a message we have heard from him and declare to you. I am talking to believers in Jesus Christ. Do not get defensive. I'm not calling you. I'm, I'm, I'm reading something from the Bible, okay? It's from the Bible. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, I love Jesus, yet walk in darkness, we lie and the truth, and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so you will not sin. He recognizes that we're not perfect, recognizes that we make mistakes. But if anyone does sin, there it is, 
We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Listen to this. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, I love Jesus, but does nothing, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him or her. But if we obey his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. This is how we know whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I come back to it. You, not your parents and not your pastor, have to critically evaluate what you watch, what you listen to, who you hang around with. It's not about me following you, following you on Facebook or following you to school or following you to your parties. Not, I, don't, I don't need to do that. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. I trust you. You know what I trust? I trust that you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're going to, what does it say again? It says, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. If you know the word of God, you as well as the pastor, I, you're not going to get... Uh, <laughs> You're going, to have the same, you're going to have the same Lord in heaven as I do, asking the same questions as he's asking me. Are you following and walking the way Jesus did? Is that what you're doing? Is that what I'm doing? Listen, if you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then follow Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. That's what the Bible's saying. If you're claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then follow Jesus Christ. You don't need, it's good to have mom and dad helping you, encouraging you, and supporting you, but it's your faith. You don't need anybody to push you or prod you or threaten you. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That's what the word of God says to me as the pastor, to your parents as your parents, to the seven-year-old, to the 17-year-old, to the 27-year-old, to the 47-year-old. That's what it says to all of us. And all I'm doing for you this morning is giving you some principles to follow. Because if you claim to live in him, you and I must walk as Jesus did. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And God, I thank you for the students in this church. I thank you for their lives, for the encouragement they bring to my heart as I see them serving you, the desire they have in their hearts to be more like you. And I just pray, Lord, that this sermon gave them a little more ammunition, gave them a little more strength, a little more encouragement to become the men and women of God that you've created them to be. We're all so proud of them, Lord God. We really are. We pray that you would protect them, they would, they would use your wisdom to protect themselves. And Father, help others to come into a relationship with you and themselves to become more like you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week.